Hey everyone, welcome back to Sophomore Citizens. I'm Gigi. I'm Liesl. I'm Lily. And I'm Eric. All right, so for today's special episode, you might have already noticed we have a special guest. That is Gigi and my cousin, Eric. Um, Eric hails from Bethesda, Maryland. He is spending the next couple of months here in Los Angeles. And he's just here to have a good time with us today. Do you have anything you want to say right off the bat? Uh, no, super excited to be here. Okay, so let's get started. All right, down to earth with Eric. Our very first question for you, Eric. Mm -hmm. We know that you like bike riding. We know that you dabble in the DJ arts. But what is a hobby that you don't yet do that you'd like to try? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think, especially looking back on, on 2020, you know, we, we all had, had so much potential for um, exploring new hobbies and, mm -hmm. and finding new passions. And, you know, for, for me, that was not something I, I ever did. I, I even maybe uh, stuck to my, you know, stuck to what works even more so in 2020. Mm -hmm. So looking forward, I think I'm looking to really explore more of, of, of my creative side, mm. um, you know, whether that's visually, um, uh, you know, musically, emotionally, um, really uh, branching out a little bit uh, and doing some more creating. Okay, wonderful. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay, so the next question, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot a little bit with this one, but we would like for you to tell us your favorite childhood memory with me and Liesl. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, that's definitely putting me on the spot. My favorite childhood memories. Well, what's childhood? Anytime before the present? I mean, to be honest, you, yeah, you, you could, could just say anything. favorite memory. Okay. Yeah, um, fine. All right, top couple of memories that are immediately coming to mind. Maybe it's just top of mind because um, of our, our recent our trip there. But I have really strong memories of a like one particular legendary dinner uh, that the whole family shared at California Pizza Kitchen. Um, <laughs> the, the vibes were just right. It was it was like a perfect um, you know Los Angeles sunny uh, spring evening. Um, I don't exactly remember what anyone got. I was probably like eight or nine years old, um, but the conversation uh, was lively, mm -hmm. and you know the food was was CPK certified. Um, that has to be up there, and just I think it can't not be mentioned. You know our, our countless summers on on the island, uh, sharing, um, you know days in at the beach in the sun, or you know late night juice bar trips, etc. I think those are some of right, the right. come to mind mostly for me. Okay, wonderful. Thank you for that. Um, so we also know that you like fashion. You're dialed into fashion to a certain extent. And we would like to know what your least favorite fashion trend is. This could be mm. a trend of the moment. Mm. This could be a trend of the past. This could be menswear, women's wear, whatever you want. We're curious to know. Yeah, I don't know if it's... it's maybe less or so of a trend and more so just a, a pet peeve of mine, something that really bothers me um, okay. is, and, and I've actually started to think about it, think about it even more and more over the past couple of weeks is, is almost deliberate mismatching or just completely, you know, uh, not thinking about either patterns or colors or brands, um, especially when you're flexing a, a really branded piece and you're pairing it with an equally as branded, but like mm. contrasting piece, you know, like the whole Adidas sweatsuit with like some Nike trainers. Um, that really does it for me and just seems um, 
uh, it, it just not not ideal for me. Uh, Liesl and, and Gigi, like we've talked about, I have this thing about color matching, which is really important to me. Um, so absolutely under no circumstances, no blues and blacks, especially dark blues and blacks. That's that's a big no-no. Um, that's what that's what I think about. Yeah, and it's so okay. funny because I feel like my eyes, I just don't even see that. Mm -hmm. Like if someone was wearing Adidas with Nike, my eyes wouldn't even process it. I, I wish I couldn't see it. Yeah. It plagues me now, yeah. so. Okay, wonderful. Our next question is, what is your favorite time of day? That's a good question. Um, my favorite time of day is definitely morning. Um, it just seems like an optimistic time. There, there's so much potential for the day. Um, you know, everything is out there in front of you. And, you know, you have some, you know, nice coffee, you know, you read the news, you uh, just get excited for what's ahead of you. So absolutely, no questions asked. Morning, always been a morning person. Wonderful. Okay, we only have a couple more questions here. The next one being, what is one thing that you think is vastly overrated or underrated? Hmm. Okay, that, that's a tough one. Vastly overrated um, is is probably also thinking back on on twenty twenty. People trying to like make the most of a of a of a tough time or like a difficult or or. Um, you know, out of the ordinary time. I think that's kind of um, like overplayed, you know, people talking about um, that whole idea. And then what's the adjective underappreciated or? Underrated, underrated or underrated. overrated. You don't, you don't have to do both. If, if you just want to do one, that's fine. I don't have a strong underrated answer. Okay. So then we'll move to the last question, which is what is your favorite social media platform? Hmm. Um, favorite social media platform is probably TikTok right now, just by the hours of the day I'm spending on it. Um, I have some work information on my cell phone and on my personal cell phone. And because of that, next week, actually, I have to delete TikTok off my phone for potential security concerns. Um, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that, having a, a bit of a reset and maybe only using TikTok on other people's phones. Um, uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's where I'm at with social media right now. Okay, lovely. Yeah. So that concludes this segment of um, Down to Earth with Eric. And now we will get into our check-in. Okay, beautiful. So for today's check-in, we wanted to give a little DoorDash update especially because Eric and I have actually done some dashes together recently. Um, and I know that Lily had a couple questions for us about the dashing. So Lil, if you wanna ask away, we would be happy to answer anything. Yes, so I think that um, our listeners might remember when we talked about dashing because it was something that Gigi Liesl and I did to make some money for the podcast, buy new podcasting equipment. And in such endeavor, we all had our roles. So my first question is who is doing what roles in the DoorDash duo as opposed to trio? Yeah, that's a great question. And to be honest, we're actually switching back and forth. Um, I think that like we are out of the four of us here on the Zoom, mm -hmm. we have the secret sauce in the two of us to be able to switch back and forth pretty easily because I know that, for example, if I was driving and Gigi was the runner, she would not like that. Um, she would not like the way that I drive. She would potentially just get annoyed and she would want to like have control over the driving. I think that's pretty accurate, Jeech. And Lily, um, I prefer to be in the driver's seat when, whenever you're around. 
Okay, so you've worked in both, both positions, yeah. both of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my next question. Which one do you like better? I don't know which one I like better necessarily. They both have pros and cons. Sometimes, like yesterday when we were dashing, for example, I like just kind of like sitting for two hours and not getting out of the driver's seat um, and just felt like I had one mission and that was just, you know, to get to A to B and back. Um, it feels like the HR position is a, is a lot more um, emotionally taxing mm-hmm. uh, just with all the interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate getting some credit for my uh-huh. emotionally taxing position. Thank you for yeah. giving me that. Eric, do you not feel disadvantaged by the fact that you are like chained to navigation or, or I guess Liesl's just telling you where to go, but like that, that when she tells me where to go, it's, it's shorthand or a lot easier to be like, this is where you're going. And I can basically know, whereas I think that that's probably not your experience. And I'm curious to know how you feel about that. It's just a good learning experience for me. I mean, again, this is one of the reasons uh, or, or one of the ways in which I am, you know, learning my way around in, in the neighborhoods and whatnot. Um, so it, it's a challenge I gladly take on. Sure. Yeah, okay. and I think like he's really adapted to getting to know the areas and understanding his way around. So it's it's quickly becoming easier and easier. And I bet if we continue to dash more and more that the shorthand would come very naturally. And like we've already been to Sawtell maybe 10 times. Sure. So he's going to get it. Right, of course. Sautel and the Colony are two places. We haven't had there. any yeah, luck at the colony. colony. We keep going to the Colony as a hotspot and we haven't gotten an order from them. It's so weird. Wow. That was my okay. next question. So I'm so glad that has been. Eric, I really hope you get to experience the Colony and its workers sometime soon because it is quite the experience. I hope so too. The only other thing that comes to mind in terms of things we haven't experienced is I haven't had a, a, a really a lot of interactions with any coworkers. Um, you know, which out, happens out at the, the colony usually. Okay. So, so that's what I'm really looking forward to. Just you know, talking shop. Um, uh, you know, going over um, you know the the uh, rosebud and thorns of the day. Um, you know, with, with we love our coworkers. Yeah, for sure. And I just wanted to share a brief story about our first dash, just the two of us. So basically, Eric uh, got the app himself, turned it on, and we weren't getting many deliveries. It was about 2 p.m. on like a random Thursday or something. And so we weren't really getting orders. And as you girls both know, like that can just be really demoralizing. And it, it just gets upsetting when you're just sitting there looking at the app, just refreshing it, and you're just getting no orders. So we decided to, you know, relax a little bit and go grab some matchas. So we drove down to this nice little matcha, matcha? called Chit Chat. Um, on Sautel and we go up to the counter and we order uh, actually strawberry macadamia matchas which were quite interesting and then Eric was a little hungry so he ordered a burrito and the woman says okay the burrito is going to be about like five to ten minutes or something and we were like oh no worries we got plenty of time who cares and right at that moment pretty much Eric gets a notification on his phone for a dash and this dash was actually from Zanku Chicken um, which Lily I know you're very familiar with um, so it was, you know, a little ways away and we just accepted it because we're like, you know, course, this first is our dash first dash. We got to, we got to yeah. just get it rolling. And like the fact that we had gotten one, we just mm-hmm. felt so lucky. So basically I'm like, okay, I'm going to pull the car around, get into the car. And it's pretty clear that the burrito and the matchas are probably going to take a little while. Mm-hmm. So ding in my brain, my dasher brain, I'm like, Eric, just give me your phone. I'm going to go rush over to Zanku chicken grab the food and grab you back on the way back. So I grab Eric's phone from him. He like basically throws it into the car window and I skirt off. And at first I didn't realize that I would need to keep his phone unlocked because I don't know his passcode. And obviously I had two phones. So I had my phone and his phone. So I had no way of communicating with him at all. 
In my mind, you should have given Eric your phone. Right, but it, I just wasn't thinking like yeah. that. Like I just thought. No, that of course, of course, fine. I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been thinking like that. But in, in retrospect, you know, now that we're now that we're reflecting on this situation, we can utilize this in the future. Yeah, yeah so and anyway. if I could also add um, my perspective while we are looking back on this, um, being the seasoned HR person, I know that Zanku Chicken runs far behind their ordering time, so mm-hmm. I would have known that you had plenty of time to wait for the burrito and go and make it all on time. No, right. Lily, you're totally right. Like we honestly could have, I probably could have just waited. Um, but you know, we, we live and we learn. So I went and of course, Zanku was like, yeah, it's going to be like another five, 10 minutes, but eventually grabbed the food, swung back around, grabbed Eric the whole time with my finger, like pressed on his screen because I was just so scared that it was going to leave. While, and then I wasn't going to know where to go while my phone was on low battery mode, if I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And while this is all happening again, I'm just in, you know, a, a new ass city in a new neighborhood, no phone burrito in hand every, like, you know, every 30 seconds that goes by, I'm like, she has to be here. She has to be here. Um, at a certain point, I just like eat the burrito on the side of the road. Um, and I ultimately thought like you had completed the dash and maybe because even, it took so long and maybe even like got an, another one um, <laughs> in the time that I thought I was waiting outside standing on the side of the road no phone just burrito um but I think it is also like waiting like that with no sense of time mm-hmm. is agonizing like I, know I just felt only- bad I just felt bad because I knew that he was waiting and I knew that I had no way to communicate to him like I'm waiting for the food or anything I feel like if if the roles were reversed, I would have handled being in your role way way more poorly. Like I was glad that I had activities to do and like I I knew what was going on and I knew that you were confident just standing on the sure, side of the road and yeah. you could have stood there forever. Uh, I mean, it could have technically, but. <laughs> um, all I was going to add is that my only like reference point for that experience was when I got my phone stolen in London while I was abroad and then had to go on like a half day travel excursion to get back to my place with no phone. And on the flight specifically, I wasn't sat with anyone that I knew or anything. So I'm literally just (laughs) sitting there with absolutely no clue, like where we are in the flight, how much longer it's gonna take, nothing to occupy my mind, but replaying the experience of having my phone stolen. Um, and that that was true agony. So I, I feel for you, Eric. Of course, it's not as bleak as my situation because you sure. did have burrito in hand and, yeah. you know, Liesl was was coming back at some point. But I can I can completely understand the feeling of, of just being like, I don't know what to do with myself. And I have no way of knowing when the, when the end will will arrive. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So we've been having fun dashing and um, I'll keep the podcast updated if there's any other remarkable stories or incidents or anything that happens. But I would love to get into the main topic for today's episode, which is going to be some relationship advice. I went to the Reddit page r slash relationship advice and I pulled some of my favorite quandaries and we are going to answer and give our feedback. Um, You know, are we qualified? Um, Probably not. But these people are asking, you know, this is this is advice that they've asked for and they'll ask anyone. And, you know, I really do hold the belief that advice and action are like two separate entities. I think that some people are really good at advice and then they can't take their own advice and vice versa. You know, so it, I don't think it even really matters if you if you've been in any of these situations, 
we are just here to provide our honest and open feedback, what we would do in the situation, what we think this person should do. Um, and I think it'll be really fun. Okay, great. So let's start out with a pretty brief one. So I'm gonna be reading this from the perspective of the Reddit user. Am I, a 19-year-old female, wrong for being upset that my boyfriend, 20-year-old male, hasn't gotten me anything for multiple holidays? Me and my boyfriend have been together for one and a half years, and both Christmas and my birthday, he hasn't gotten anything. He has been trying to apply for jobs since October of last year, but hasn't had any luck. He usually says he doesn't have any money to get me a gift, but he randomly had $100 to spend on a mobile game. I was mildly upset that instead of thinking about me, he spent the money on his game. But Valentine's Day is coming up, and I know it'll be another holiday where I won't get anything. I just want to know if I'm wrong for wanting him to get me something. I mean, this is a classic issue. Mm. Mm -hmm. This, To me, obviously what we need here is some clear communication between these two about their love languages. And even just communicating that a gift is important to her, I think she's already 10,000 steps ahead. The other thing is also that you know, not having money is no excuse because there are gifts and things that you can do for someone that don't require any money at all. And so I feel like maybe this man needs to be a little more creative and thinking outside the box. But again, I think it's important to think about maybe he has no concept of like the gift giving love language. And that means nothing to him giving or receiving. So that's not even like in his in his you know realm of possibilities who knows that well that's my take as of right now i agree with you completely g you said pretty much everything i was gonna say i think that um maybe this man could uh take a point from our episode a few episodes ago where we talked about love languages because i think that is very very important and yeah just some communication but in her question she said am I wrong to feel this way I absolutely do not think she's wrong to feel that way and I would expect a gift in her situation but do think it's important to say that a gift does not mean he's spending a hundred dollars on a nice item I think gift is a broad term and she could also benefit from maybe opening her mind a little bit to go beyond just physical gifts and other things he can maybe do for her or give her that don't cost money or time if that's not what he has. Yeah, I'm also curious, like, has she been giving gifts at all of these holidays and he has been like blatantly not reciprocating? Because that just seems like it would be so awkward if like for Christmas, for Valentine's Day, for birthday, for every event, you were always getting them a gift and then you never got anything in return. Um, so yeah, I completely agree that at the end of the day, it just does come down to communication. And Gigi, as you said, like, you know, gifts don't have to cost a lot. And I think that like, if this girl didn't feel super comfortable talking to her boyfriend about this, you know, maybe if she tried giving him a handmade gift or a gift that didn't cost much money and really laying it, on, laying it on a little thick and being like, I made this for you for Valentine's Day to show you that I love you. Um, I really hope we have a great day together. And then maybe like over the next couple holidays, you know, St. Patrick's Day, like see if there's any, you know, gift exchange or anything. <laughs> and then see if, you know, then if he's really still like not getting the hint, then you could breach like a little conversation. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm also curious about if she is 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 giving him gifts in the first place, and I can just not believe like how oblivious could someone be, um, right. or, or in what you know societal um, arena it takes place where like one person is perpetually giving gifts and the other is not. That that stuck, stick out sticks out to me. Also, this $100 mobile game seems, <laughs> seems questionable at best. What type of elite Flappy Bird download is this? Right. Is this person getting themselves into? They're spending $100 on an iPhone game. Yeah. You, you brought up two things that I wanted to touch on. First, obviously, the questionable purchase on the game. Like, mm-hmm. what is of value to you at that point? Like, I'm a already- game. A mobile game. A, mo- <laughs> a mobile game, right. Yeah. Um, then the other thing that comes to mind for me with this issue of, is she giving gifts and he's not? Like, this feels confusing. The one thing that I will say is I feel like if she had been giving gifts this whole time, she would have- included that detail in her description which because like I know if that was the case she would be factoring that in of like I'm giving gifts this entire time and he's literally just being like thanks you know and then giving nothing in return and so I'm thinking maybe this is maybe this is a situation where she's not giving gifts she's not saying anything about gifts mm-hmm. and is being, you know, not not to come for our Reddit, you know, <laughs> asker, but like maybe this woman is being like, where are all my gifts? And <laughs> she's not doing anything, you know, to, to suggest mm-hmm. that the gift giving would be something that would take place. Which I just think goes back to the need for maybe some communication here. Obviously we don't know what's going on, but she did mention she is 19 and I am not much Mm. older, so I'm not here to say that I have maturity well beyond that. But I do think maybe she could mature a little in her communication and say, hey, we haven't been giving each other gifts, but maybe next holiday we should. Yeah, for sure. And I think like also, you know, you don't need to get a gift at every single holiday. It's like anniversary, birthday, Valentine's Day, Christmas. Like for me, I don't really need all of that going on. So maybe just pick a couple, you know, of holidays where, you know, you really want to do your gift giving and make it really good and meaningful and thoughtful. Um, And that would be another way to like make, make the monetary aspect a little bit better. Like, listen, like we don't need to do anything special for Valentine's day, but like, I would love if, if we did something nice for my birthday, something like that, I think would work really well. All right. Do we have any other commentary on that? Okay, fabulous. Next up, boyfriend got upset when I wanted to wear leggings that could possibly give me a camel toe. So I was deciding what to wear for the day and asking my boyfriend what he thought, just to make up my mind quicker. He said to wear sweats, but I don't really own any sweatpants, so I just threw on a pair of leggings. I usually don't wear them, but whenever I do, I get a lot of compliments on how good my butt looks. I then walked out and he looked kind of upset and pointed out that, he ga- that they gave me a camel toe. I was kind of embarrassed and I fixed it. And then he still looked at me and he was judging me and he said, it's still there. I looked, but I couldn't see anything that time. We were just going to cafe. We were mostly going to sit down. So I told him I'd just fix it if it happened again, but we'd be sitting most of the time. So it would probably not be a problem. He said, yeah, but they'll ride up and looked really annoyed and kind of sad. I was kind of confused and said, what? I didn't know why he cared so much, especially when I didn't see anything. And whenever I do wear those leggings, I always just fix them and it's fine. Like every other girl, he then got super quiet and looked upset and said, are you sure you're going to wear those pants? Then kept suggesting other things for me to wear. I said that I like them and I can handle it. Thank you. And he said it makes him uncomfortable because other people might see any thoughts. 
I mean, listen, this sounds to me like he's having an issue with the leggings. Yeah. And making up this camel toe excuse. Mm. Or like maybe that's part of it. Maybe maybe the camel toe Mm -hmm. is part of his discomfort. But maybe, especially if she's getting compliments on her butt every time she wears leggings, he's probably perceptive and picked this up. And it's like, I don't want my lady walking around in leggings, you know, letting it all out there for everyone to compliment. Yeah. which I don't agree with, but th- that's what I'm, that's what I'm picking up from this description. What I hear is that this young man needs to work on his insecurities, maybe more than anything. So whether that is through some journaling, some therapy, I'm thinking that he has some insecurities that need to be resolved before anything else can go on. So my advice to this lovely woman is, first of all, I'm so glad your booty is popping. Like, keep wearing your leggings (laughs) and like maybe suggest to your boyfriend that he work on his insecurity and get to the root of that because I have a feeling this is going to present itself in many more forms in the future yeah I thought I mean there were just so many interesting things mentioned to me in this description Gigi as you point out the, the the booty and her mentioning that people like compliment her on that um and but her the lack of she doesn't the, the fact that she doesn't own sweatpants sus but okay um but I think like obviously in this situation right like this is pretty ridiculous like dude like get over it or you know she just needs to like tell him like that's weird that you are so uncomfortable with me wearing leggings like everyone wears leggings like if there's camel toe there's camel toe who cares but I think that also generally like you know how do we feel about a romantic partner having commentary on what we wear um I feel is it commentary is it commentary or is it criticism, Liesl? Well, I don't know. I mean, how would you feel like about commentary on your outfits from your partner? And do you think that your partner is allowed to restrict or comment, you know, on what you're wearing? I think it's, I think it's especially interesting in this scenario where she actually sought out her significant other's advice in the first right. place or, or, you know, reached out to him just to exploit a decision. Yeah. And then, you know, he gave an answer, which she didn't like, or actually, I guess it sounds like she wasn't physically able to um, uh, you know, take the advice of because yeah. of her lack of uh, sweatpants <laughs> ownership. Again, also suspect. <laughs> but um, I think I think asking your significant other for um, clothes advice, fashion advice, things like that is totally fine, as you would a friend. Um, but it's again, you know, when maybe this um, not jealousy, but like insecurity, like you were saying, um, Lily comes out. You know, that's when. Uh, things to be dangerous yeah and like I also just can't help but think of the show that we're currently watching Euphoria where for example one of the characters goes to a carnival in these insane like cutout pants that are you know very Tesla's chaps um like um hipless chaps <laughs> yeah yeah uh, okay, like, okay okay and you know it's it's not like <laughs> crazy but it's definitely no, it's, a, it's, it's carnival crazy yeah though. yeah to where is that carnival. is that the is that the is that the tiktok audio where she goes i'm just like a hooker and then and then you if like you me? like me yeah exactly exactly so um you know and her her boyfriend you know and is really upset about this especially because it's at a carnival and his family is going to be there um and i i just tend to err on the side of like i think people should be able to wear like whatever they want but I, I do kind of understand, like, I, I could see a perspective where a guy, like, wouldn't want their girlfriend to be, like, 
basically naked or like dressing so provocatively, especially in certain situations? I feel like I... I know that I have my own thoughts and opinions on other people's clothing choices. So I don't see why I, that wouldn't extend to a significant other, Mm -hmm. but I think that like, that is just conversation about opinions of like, Oh, I like that. Or, Oh, I don't. And whatever, ultimately, whatever I think about someone else's outfit is not that important. And whatever anyone else thinks about my outfit, isn't that important because I do believe that it's like, whatever you're choosing to put on, you're the only person that you need to check in about it with. But I do also have to recognize that like, you know, as a young woman interested in guys, there's not really this issue of like him being inappropriate or like, you know, I just don't really have a concept of what that might look like or feel like. I just also don't really subscribe to like objectifying the female body like that being like oh you're not allowed to wear that because people are going to be like looking at you some type of way I just don't really like that period but again like I I'm having a difficult time with that like role reversal because it's not like I would ever really be in a situation where a significant other of mine would be doing something that's that like inappropriate or scandalous right yeah Gigi, that's a really good point I think in terms of commenting on other people's clothing like if I think of me being in a relationship if my boyfriend let's say was wearing a shirt that like because I can't use inappropriate as a point of reference was wearing a shirt that like had some offensive words on it which I know is different but I'm just trying to find (laughs) some way to compare I would absolutely say hi I really don't want to walk into this cafe that we're going to with you wearing this shirt like you know those shirts that people or Lily Lily you know I was just going to say, or like, let's say he had like a naked lady that's on his shirt. One. I would be yes, like, yes. I would be like, no. That's actually, yeah, that's, uh-huh. good. yeah. The, that's the ones that people to, used to wear in middle school. Yeah, but that's not due to anyone uh, on the Zoom's insecurity. That's due to just like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> social, so, norms. social norms. I think, you know, there, there's, again, like, you know, we were saying there's no like flip side of slut shaming for men. Um, I, well, I'm not going to say there, there's, you know, not a single case of it, but, you know, incredibly rare versus, um, you, you know, towards women. So, you know, I think you're right. The only, there just is, there just isn't a, um, an equivalent. An equivalent. Yeah. So that's why I'm trying to have just, you know, a little bit of sympathy for the guy who's bothered by camel toe, because it's like, as Gigi's saying, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it would bother me. I don't know. Well, and Eric, I mean, I'm, I don't mean to suggest that, that you are having any insecurities we need to be worried about, but uh-huh. do you feel any type of way or have you previously felt any type of way if someone you're with was wearing something? It, it's not a matter of like, oh, you don't like it, which maybe you mm-hmm. can address that too if you feel called to do so, but like that it's inappropriate or like that you don't want people looking at your girl. Um, of my past significant others, I've been more offended when my girl is just not dressed correct in terms of, you know, the the aforementioned uh, <laughs> principles of fashion, which I, you know, personally uh, adhere to. Um, that's what really right. grinds my gears. Uh, and that's when the hard conversations happen. Um, but no, f- you know, from, um, you know, speaking to the... Um, uh, you know, the person in the Reddit post from one secure king to an insecure king, you know, perhaps, um, I think, again, it comes down to the the relationship they have, uh, you know, with their own um, uh, issues around jealousy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think that's that on that. Let's move on to the next one. How do I bring up to my girlfriend the pressure I feel as being her main source of activity? Me, 25-year-old male, and my girlfriend, 
25 year old female, still both live at home with our respective families in the same small town. So close to each other that we see each other whenever we please. My issue is that she doesn't really have personal hobbies or interests to occupy her time when we aren't together. So she's constantly bored and looking to me to do things with her in any free time we might have. Problem is I enjoy having some time to myself to read, play music, watch TV, etc. She doesn't have any interest in picking up a hobby to occupy herself when she's alone. Anytime I suggest wanting to do things on my own or with a few guy friends of mine overseeing her though, she takes it as me not wanting her, which just furthers some personal anxiety she already has. How can I explain the pressure I feel regarding this to her while minimizing the chances she takes it personally? I've nibbled around the edges of it before, but it hasn't gone over great. We've been together for about two years and the stress of always having to be on for her gets to me from time to time. But the last thing I want to do is for her to take this as a personal criticism. So I will say I can appreciate that I think this this person is thinking deeply about this issue and is trying to protect the relationship, his girlfriend's feelings, but also looking out for himself and his own, you know, personal time to himself, which is obviously super important. And I do, I get the sense that Yes, he wants her to have hobbies or other things to occupy her time, you know, for, for him and his alone time, but also that I think he just wants that for her in general. And maybe mm-hmm. I'm maybe I'm assuming too much about this person or this couple. Um, but it is a tricky situation because it obviously it, it's it's difficult to say to someone like, you seem like you have nothing going on. And 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 it's tough because as he addressed there, he doesn't want to like perpetuate or exacerbate any insecurity she might have about this issue. But at the same time, it is an issue and does need to be addressed. I don't feel like I have um, any solid advice yet, but that is my assessment of the situation so far. And I feel like um, just to think more broadly about this in general, Obviously, this is nothing groundbreaking, but it seems that insecurity is like the root of all issues in relationships. Like one way or another, that is what is causing the majority of these issues. Like even in the three that we've discussed so far, that has played a a factor, if not been the the root of the issue. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's also, it's tough because I think part of why people... um, like relationships or seek out relationships is is to fill some sort of void or to feel more comfortable and feel more secure but like I mean again nothing groundbreaking but that really is a journey that you have to take on your own it's the solitude of self you know like you're alone in this world and sorry I didn't mean for it to take a dark turn but like you know it you can't you can't go to a relationship looking for um fulfillment that that like you got to have it within yourself to a certain extent and then be finding that also in someone else so I see that working its way into this situation yeah I I completely agree I think um you know I find it interesting that this person says that they feel like they always need to be on um for their partner and I feel like you know, one of the nicest things in spending time with people in general sometimes is to, is to kind of be alone together. Um, So I wonder if this guy could try to, when he's hanging out with his girlfriend, be like, hey, like, I'm going to do some reading or like, I'm going to, 
go on my laptop for a little bit. Like if you want to, you know, grab a book from my bookshelf and like, see if you like one, you know, and, and doing that as a together thing at first, and then maybe trying to like slowly, but surely just be like, yeah, I just kind of want to spend some time on my own or whatever. Um, or, you know, with also with like the going out with his group of guy friends, trying to maybe loop her in every once in a while and make her kind of see that, oh, this is just like a normal, like whatever hangout. This isn't something to be insecure about if he mm -hmm. ends up going on his own to be with his guys. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, Gigi, you're right. It just comes down to insecurity. And, and I think it is a tricky situation and you have to tread lightly, but I think the more of a gradual progression you can try to utilize, I think the better. Yeah. I, I think also the Gigi, if we, if we are looking thematically at all of these so far, the, you know, overwhelming points besides just insecurity is also, uh, maybe communication breakdown. Mm -hmm. So had, you know, right. and I don't remember some of the intricacies of the story, maybe they mentioned, tried to bring this up, but just had they started, you know, talking about these things very openly with their partner, I think they could uh, cover a lot of ground quickly. And look, totally. I don't, I don't want to jump to extremes here because Eric, like you said, I think there are steps that can be taken. The first of which being communication, but like, I also think that maybe this couple should take a look at their compatibility and like, I'm not telling them to break up because again, not trying to jump to, to extreme of advice, but at the end of the day, just because you have a good time with a person doesn't mean that you're necessarily compatible. And maybe the person that this man is looking for is someone slightly more introverted or who values their alone time more so. And maybe this young woman could benefit from someone who wants to spend more time from her or more time with her. So again, I understand that maybe they are perfectly compatible, but I think that it would be beneficial for them to take a look at whether they are in this relationship because it is truly fulfilling and they are compatible or if it's for other reasons, because I'm feeling like there are some major issues that maybe need to be addressed in order for their relationship to continue, or they should explore maybe it not continuing, which I understand is a hard and potentially controversial answer, but it's not really sounding to me like they should be together. Well, you know, this came up for me in my brain in the last example of being like, if this man is trying to control what she's wearing, that feels like an issue large enough that like no girlfriend will be able to overcome. It's like, goodbye. And I'm just, I, I appreciate that input, Lily, and I agree with that completely. I'm personally trying to avoid that option because we're under the assumption that the emotional attachment and, and the, you know, feelings involved in these relationships are what making, like, that's what's making the person feel this internal conflict of like, I know I feel emotionally attached to this person, so I'm not ready to just say goodbye, but we have this issue. And I agree with you, Eric, that like the communication aspect, it's the insecurities and the communication aspect. It's the perfect recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like communicating with someone about something that they're insecure with is probably one of the hardest things to communicate about because you know that you can trigger them so easily to just go into a tailspin, especially if you know that they're insecure. Um, yeah, I completely agree. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily think of this idea of like being able to be independent versus being a little bit codependent in a relationship as such a big deal breaker. But I really do think that is a pretty core element of a relationship that could easily be like a huge deal breaker if she can't be independent and she's looking for someone, you know, who's going to want to spend every minute of every day with her. Like, I agree with you, Lily, it, it just might not work out. Yeah. And, and not that love languages are the end all be all, but again, is this, you know, a, a discussion that needs to be have around 
sharing quality time and different people's prioritizations of that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So next up, a girl I met informed me she's bringing her group of friends for our first time going out and meeting. I, male 27, met this girl, female 23, on Tinder, and we agreed to go out to a bar and have a few drinks and just chat. She told me she is bringing her girlfriends with her. I'm not sure why she would do this. I'm sure it's just to let her friends get a good judgment of me. But if she was mature, shouldn't she be able to make her own decision on her own on who she will date and not date? I'm a bit nervous as I'm afraid I'm about to be interrogated. Is there any specific reason why this woman would do this? This is a very interesting situation. My first thought was, was there any idea of him bringing the crew with him as well? Um, it doesn't seem like it. And like, would he, would he want to bring his lads, you know, to the to the meetup as well? I feel and like maybe, this is... Maybe it's just a, a five on five date all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I feel like there is a misunderstanding potentially somewhere in the mix of like, she's under the impression it's a five on five and he's confused why they're not having a one on one. Um, and like, I totally get that. And especially I get why he's also going to this place of like, you know, is this a maturity issue? Like, why does she feel like she needs the posse to, you know, be able to handle this situation? But I'm almost like, I feel like we don't have enough details to know if it's an issue of like her feeling that she needs the security of her squadron in order to take this on. Or if it's that she is like, let's all, you know, have fun together. Like, let's maximize this for everyone. My immediate thought is that it's not a maturity thing and it's a misunderstanding. And this girl's maybe just like party girl, party vibes. Like, oh, we're trying to meet up at a bar, have some drinks. Like, this is a group activity. And I don't think that before even meeting her, this man should already be questioning this girl's maturity. And again, I just think maybe a little more communication, maybe he could respond and say, oh, should I bring my friends? You know, I think it's, I agree, G, we need more information. And like, I'm curious to know how their conversation came to be. Like, was he like, okay, we'll meet up for drinks. And she like, she was like, okay, me and five of my friends will be there. Or was it like, okay, I'll be there. Like, you know, I want to know more progression, but I feel like they're maybe just not communicating clearly just to touch on what every relationship needs to be doing and maybe she's just you know trying to have fun well and listen I think that this is a classic issue that occurs when it comes to dating apps and approaching the first meetup because I think that there there are a few different approaches and I think there's a time and a place for all of our different options here and I think that they're just not on the same page of what the ideal first meetup is because I think that you know, a lot of people do like what I think of as maybe what she's trying to do is be like, oh, me and my friends are going to this thing. Like you should come so we can all like hang out. And it's, you know, more casual, more relaxed, less pressure on it as opposed to like, oh, let's go get lunch or have more of like a one-on-one, you know, interaction. Um, And I feel like that's what's, that's what's that's the issue here is that they just have different conceptions of what the ideal first meetup is yeah my initial thought was also that it was potentially a safety concern for her and that she was you know wanting to make sure that this guy wasn't like creepy or was going to do anything weird um even when you're meeting up in public like I could understand how you would feel a little bit safer with people you know around 
Um, but I also think like you could go to the bar with your friends and mm -hmm. split off from them very easily and still have them around and they could be kind of scoping out the situation without them being on the date. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's somewhere between either like a group meetup with a lot of people or, you know, those examples and like movies or TV shows or, or this probably actually really happens when a woman or a man maybe will bring their friends and then the friends will dress up in disguises and, you know, go to the, the place where the date's happening and just like watch from afar um, for safety and just uh, eavesdropping purposes, I mm -hmm. guess. Um, I think it's somewhere in between those two. Um. But yeah, so the advice from us is just to reach out, communicate, and just figure out a good plan. Maybe just bring your boys. Like, I yeah. think that sounds fun. Okay, next up, caught girlfriend straddling another guy. Last night, I was FaceTiming with one of my girlfriend's friends who's using my girlfriend's phone. Just a normal, lighthearted conversation. She was at his house, along with his girlfriend and another dude. As he's walking back into the kitchen with her phone, I see my girlfriend sitting with the other dude, straddling her legs around him and her arms wrapped around his midsection with his back facing her. I didn't know how to process what I saw, and I still don't. I'm so confused and disappointed and shocked, and now that it's sinking in, hurt. She took the phone and was acting kind of weird. I didn't want to address what I saw there because there were other people present there, and I felt weird and awkward and uncomfortable with the whole situation. So I said I was tired and hung up. She immediately texted me asking if I was okay, and I've been playing it down because I don't know how to talk about it or how to address it. And today I just feel weird and sad and kind of sick. Poor guy. Okay, so hang on. Can I just can I just clarify? So mm -hmm. we have like we're talking to boyfriend yes. who has seen girlfriend straddling someone else. Yes. Okay. 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 Maybe I wasn't listening carefully enough, but the the actual straddling act also seemed odd like his yeah. back was to her yeah. like she yeah. was like hugging him it was like a piggyback ride or something yeah I that can't just me, be you know not talked about <laughs> okay listen you know it, that is weird and I'll say that when I was hearing that description I was you know trying to envision picture it. it picture it and I feel like you know, I, I what I'm unclear on is if it was a horizontal piggyback ride or if it was she's upright straddle, you know, because to me that's, she could be giving him a massage, which is arguably also weird, but arguably. like, <laughs> okay, fine, fine, is weird. But like, that's where my mind goes is, is this a massage situation or is this um, a horizontal piggyback ride? Look, yeah, I don't, and is are others around? Like it's we're we're getting there are others around. It seems like it was these two and, and another like, couple. Okay, it was it I was a solidified care. couple, and then the this girlfriend with another guy. I don't care what right. it was: horizontal piggyback ride, massage. Like that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> like that. No, no, uh, it's it, Lily. I I am in complete agreement. I did not mean to say that I am condoning that behavior. I just wanted to, you know, get it straight how what we're thinking and, and you know how we're envisioning this. I also just want to comment on the nature of the hangout. Like it sounds mm -hmm. like a double date at the guy's house. I think they were saying his house, which seems like suspicious behavior. Like was I mean, I think we need more information. Like was the boyfriend invited? Like why was the boyfriend FaceTiming her there and why was the friend picking up? Like, what was she doing yeah. on, mm, the, on the piggyback ride that she couldn't <laughs> answer her own phone? Like, this is all red flag. Like, 
bro, I stand with you. And like, I, I think this is suspicious behavior that's indicative of bad things. I, I agree. I mean, it, on paper, it sounds suspicious as well. But, but you know, bear with me for a second. If it was so suspicious, why is the uh, cuckolded boyfriend being FaceTimed in to the, <laughs> um, you know, to the double date? To the double date yeah. like, at, at, his, at his own expense. Um, that sticks out to me. Also, you know, I, I understand not wanting to confront her on it right there then in the moment. But I feel bad for this kid that his, you know, the next day reaction is like, all right, like, let me boot up Reddit and like, see what, you know, the boys have to say. Um, which I guess I get, you know, people want to ask for advice or whatnot. But like, I just wish he had felt confident enough just to bring us up with his, um, his, his straddling girlfriend. When I'm imagining this FaceTime situation, I'm imagining girl is straddling or whatever she's doing with boy other friend and boy are in the kitchen phone rings because she's straddling she can't answer her own phone so her friend picks it up and is walking and accidentally shows yeah. what's going on like, yeah i don't think the straddling were, was happening in a different room i think he was seeking her out being like hey girlfriend i just want to chat with you because you're my girlfriend and this was revealed which is why it feels secretive. Why are you at someone else's house? Why wasn't your boyfriend invited? Does he know the people you're with? I mean, this is all stuff we need way more information on. But like bottom line, yeah, I you know. It is it is interesting because obviously, Eric, you bring up like if this really was so nefarious, like no one would be like, let's get him on FaceTime. You know, like mm-hmm. no one in the entire premises, yeah. they just wouldn't like be doing that. But then to Lily's point, like if it really was just like a sneaky sneak of like oh it just happened to be in the in the background and he happened to catch it like then 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 it's secretive and bad so i you know we're confused we need more mm-hmm. details and i do feel bad for this guy but also i don't think that this is what you were insinuating eric but like obviously he can't put her on blast like in front of everyone on this facetime like in the moment is well, that what you're suggesting i mean um you know, anyone can do anything, but and I, I'm not <laughs> right. suggesting that. I'm just suggesting the next day, now that he, you know, is, right. is progressing all this a little bit, um, I feel that it's it's too bad he has to, you know, resort to strangers on the internet. Um, but again, you know, people process these things in different ways. Yeah, I also this was kind of an interesting detail to me that you know he hangs up the FaceTime and she texts, "Are you okay?" which I think is an interesting um, response to, to be putting it on him. Like, are you're, you know, it kind of insinuates you're acting weird or like you, you seem off or like, are you okay? It's putting or, it on him as opposed or, to saying like, hey, like, um, sorry, I know like I'm hanging out with these people, like you want to come or like, I don't know, just like anything that isn't so like on him. Well, listen, I perceive are you okay as like, I know I did something bad <laughs> and like you saw it, like, yeah. are you okay? <laughs> Yeah, I think that are you okay is the uh, admission of guilt, actually. Mm. <laughs> um, and it's lesser so about the boyfriend. It's more so just like, uh, you know, the girlfriend already being like, are, are you okay with, with me? With us just, breaking up. <laughs> yeah, yeah or, or, you know, the boyfriend breaking up with the girlfriend, like, you know, or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I just think that this is a relationship that has, is either like doomed to fail or is already crumbling you know like Mm -hmm. and i do i feel for this guy because he is clearly upset and i i I can't imagine that that would be a good feeling but also do we have any information on how long they've been together like uh, i'm age any of that That no they didn't give any identifying details that details missing from all of these accounts 
the amount of time no, they're we, together. We, uh, yeah. We've gotten that on some, we but we've gotten, okay. we've gotten age also, which like, yeah. I, I want to know if this is like teenagers or if this is like young adults or, you know, who's at play here? I mean, it seems like you have to be like quite young changes. and agile to straddle in that <laughs> position. So I'm going to bet that it's... <laughs> younger age it's, right? it's all a gymnast frankly <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure on that. yeah i also think like okay it's one thing if they were like watching a movie and they got a little cuddly like no, that's no, that's no no this whole no, no, no I, it's I one thing whatever. no but i i find it so weird that it seems like they were just like in a room like so physically entangled. Can we get a description of the yeah? Let's the let's go back. Okay. Try to analyze it. So it says, "I see my girlfriend sitting with the other dude, straddling her legs around him, and her arms wrapped around his midsection, with his back facing her." So I see this as she's up on a countertop, and he's standing, and she's like, you know, bear hugging him with her arm i mean with her legs wrapped around him which is really uh -huh. the the worst part of it do you know the amount of effort you have to put into getting in that position that's like, what i'm saying that's what that, i'm saying like if you're on a couch and you're a little cuddly watching a movie that, i can understand that this is like a full-on like yeah. it's look it's not okay i can't understand like there was uh, cuddling i'd probably still have the same response but this is so purposeful and like kind of difficult yeah, and the mm -hmm. level of comfort that I would need to have with someone to do that to them would be would need to be high. Mm -hmm. Which makes me think that if this well, is if this is a full blown cheating, like these people have been like in a relationship this whole time. On the well, side. and the other thing is also like to do to it's not even like that. As you're saying, these are like you would need to be pretty comfortable with that person to be doing that, but also that that feels like a public display of affection between two people who are like, you know, it's known by everyone that they're involved. And like, it's not weird that we're watching this just like, you know, PDA cuddly moment of the two of them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like even, even a new couple is going to feel weird about PDA. Cause they're like, Oh, like we don't want everyone to see our stuff. Like what we don't want to, you know, but it's like, if these two are already feeling comfortable enough to do that, it it's definitely, definitely suspect. And okay, listen, there are some girls who are just like this, who like are very, very touchy with everyone and cuddly with people. And like, um, but I feel that that's not the case here because this guy, it's such a red flag to him. Like, or it seems like such a novel thing that's happening. Like if he was dating this girl who like goes to parties and like is like this all the time, then I feel like he wouldn't have needed to turn to Reddit. He would just be like, that's mm -hmm. Jessica. Like, she's just like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so- um, Okay, but do we have, do we have any advice for him? Like- I think he just needs to talk to her and potentially break up with her. Yeah, be open to a breakup. Yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I feel like given a few more key details, I would be able to solidify if this needs to be a breakup, if this is like a really difficult conversation, if he needs to go to this other guy and talk to him as well. Like no, what I are the friend dynamics here? Involved. No, but if, if he's, you know, friendly with that other guy, like I would be like, bro, like, don't let Jess like you know do that anymore. <laughs> okay, then like yeah, maybe that's a breach of bro code, and like the two of them need to end their friendship. But I think all of the communication needs to be between girlfriend and boyfriend, mm -hmm. and then if separately we're gonna end the friendship with 
boy B because of his suspicious behavior, I totally support that. But I'm thinking for the purposes of this incident, we don't really need to get him involved because this seems like something between Jessica and Matt. Yeah, definitely. And well, like- listen, I, I, you know, I don't think this needs to be automatic breakup. I really don't. And I, I do hold the belief that like you can get cheated on and repair that relationship with a lot of, you know, work and trust and all of that sort of stuff. So he didn't even, you know, it's not like any cheating, actual cheating was witnessed. So I, I do think that Jessica and Mark could get past this, um, but yeah, maybe not. Name swap <laughs> All right, I think that this will be our last one because we've already been going for a little minute. This is quite a long one. So I hope that you guys are interested in this. I, I'm definitely interested in these dynamics and I think that the details are important. It's our last one, so we might as well go big. Okay. okay. What are the ethics of forming an emotional bond with your ex's best friend? I, 26 year old male, dated a girl, 25 year old female for nearly four years. She had moved to another country, so long distance was tough she decided to break up with me without giving any proper reason. I then became close to her best friend, 25-year-old female. We, we always used to talk, but we ended up hanging out more. I never thought twice about it since the both of them were super close and I felt my ex would be cool with it. A year later, I got a job that let me travel countries and I met my ex. We ended up getting physical and we became sort of a thing again. She refused to call it a relationship, but the long distance calls restarted. At this point, she realized that I and her best friend had gotten close and it affected her. As the year progressed, some incidents happened. I invited her best friend to hang out at a hotel room I was staying at um, for an event in the city. We drank some wine and shared a few laughs and slept. Nothing physical or romantic, but intimate, I guess. Then she ended up visiting me once or twice in my city. All these affected my ex, who I was talking to, but she refused to talk to her best friend about it because she felt she wouldn't take it well. So she would vent her frustrations at me and I'd try to be more mindful. I offered to stop being friends, but my ex didn't want that because she didn't want to be the reason that a friendship was ruined. Then COVID hit and I couldn't travel as often and my ex and I decided to break up again because she wanted to focus on her mental health. In that time, the best friend got a job in the city I'm in and she moved here. This unleashed all hell because my ex got super affected by it. I had also, in my loneliness, planned to visit the best friend in her city for a few days. I knew it might hurt my ex, but I still planned for it anyway, and that was selfish and vile of me. It never happened because of the job offer and the best friend moving to my city, but I told my ex this and it broke her. All, while this, all this while, the best friend is oblivious to all of this and she moves to the city I'm in. She stays with me for a few weeks as she finds a new house and then moves to her place. My ex finally tells her about how much this friendship affects her. Here's the dilemma. I'm still in love with my ex and I don't want to hurt her. Her hurt is very bad because of this. I also don't want to break the friendship and make my ex feel guilty about that too. I try to draw boundaries, but it's inevitable that anytime I spend time with the best friend, it affects the ex. I want my ex to stop hurting and move on. I don't see any other way than to talk to the best friend and to mutually distance from each other. I don't know what the best way to make it work so that nobody gets hurt. The best friend and I are not romantically interested in each other. We're just very good friends. I also don't hide anything from my ex. I tell her whatever happens in the interest of trust and transparency. Wow. Wow. What a, what a complicated situation. (laughs) Yeah. Did you guys get that? Do you need, do you have any questions? I, I was, I think, I think we have it. Okay. I think we have it. Um, yeah. Wow. I mean, okay. Romantically involved with the friend. No. 
just a close never but friendship. also besides but also okay right well that's the thing like <laughs> i am just like i'm i'm confused because either we have an instance where the ex is feeling insecure and is feeling like i don't like that you know my ex is friends with my best friend or she has genuine reason to believe that this friendship would be threatening whatever their relationship is. And I especially think like, if if there was a situation where they were all geographically together and the girlfriend or the ex could be witnessing their interactions, the friendship interactions in person, she could identify for herself if it is something that's actually threatening or something that makes her uncomfortable, or if it's a totally like harmless platonic friendship. And I feel like maybe what's happening in her brain and part of her discomfort, and as he said multiple times, it has really affected her, which I thought was an interesting word choice multiple times, but it's like, I think that she's just experiencing this like uncertainty of not knowing what's going on in this faraway place with two people that matter to her um, and feeling out of control, feeling potentially insecure, feeling confused and feeling hurt, you know? Yeah, totally. And I think like, obviously there's, there's a lot going on here, but I think like an important place to start is the fact that he's still in love with his ex and that they're currently not together. So like, I think that that's the first hurdle that he needs to address is like, is there a chance of them getting back together? Is that what he really, really truly wants? Um, and what what is he willing to sacrifice or do to make that happen? Um, and maybe communicating with her, like, is there a chance, you know, we've been kind of on again, off again, is there a chance that it's ever gonna be on again? Or is this completely done for you? Because I think, like if, if he can figure that side of it out, then I think how he moves forward with the best friend Mm -hmm. can kind of like follow after that. Um, and I think like, if there's no chance that he's ever going to be romantically involved with his ex ever again, he should just continue being friends with the, with the best friend and friendly Mm -hmm. with the ex. And if it affects her, like, I'm sorry, but that's not his problem, you know? But I think it's, it's more complicated if she says, you know, I'm working on my mental health and you know, we're long distance and, and this is difficult for me, but I do still have feelings for you as well. And I could see us working out in the future. You know, that's more complicated. I really yeah, want to validate both sides of this because I initially hearing the story was really sympathizing with the ex. And I know that a lot of people would be like, okay, this girl's breaking up with him. She doesn't really have the right to have a stake in the situation. But honestly, I really feel for her and I can understand that that is very difficult and agree with her that like with a best friend, that is tricky. And like as much as she is taking herself out of the equation, she still holds some feeling in it and I can understand where she's coming from. But on the flip side, I can totally get where he's coming from. And my biggest issue with the situation was that the ex was refusing for quite some time to talk to her friend about it, which Mm -hmm. is like immediately what needed to be happening and venting to him about it. I think that's super inappropriate and fucking with the relationship entirely. Mm -hmm. So I think that really needs to be resolved because not talking to your friend about the issue, but then venting to him, like none of that makes sense. And I think is complicating things quite a bit, but I do want to say that I really, really do understand both sides of this a lot. 
I just wanted to know like more about why it is that she doesn't feel comfortable to talk to her best friend Mm. about this situation. Like there must be something lurking that no one wants to address if you can't talk to your best friend about it. So Mm. so that's what I was going to say as well. Um, In the last example, we were, uh, you know, contemplating or even recommending having the friend talk to this other, you know, other guy about like their friendship or like what the girlfriend was doing with him. But in this one, we like haven't talked so much about the like seemingly most obvious piece of advice we could give Mm -hmm. and just like have, um, you know, the ex talk to her best, her alleged best friend. Um, That seems questionable. Also, my biggest takeaway from listening to the story was that this story would make so much more sense had they not been exes, had they actively been in a relationship and she the girlfriend was upset that her boyfriend was so close potentially uh hotel room intimate with Mm -hmm. her best friend and like living together for weeks you know like they're exes like and didn't and she broke up with him yeah yeah multiple times at this point i think i mean come on like yeah yeah i I completely agree on that on that same vein you either need to be exes or you need to be together. Mm-hmm. You are in some freaky in between. And like, clearly it's not working for you because this man has admitted that he is still in love with her. So I think that it would be to his benefit, to his ex's benefit and to the friend's benefit to either be with this girl, meaning you are together dating, communicating frequently, or you are no longer in each other's lives because the back and forth seems to be harming you. And I think we should eliminate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. And this is something we've talked about before on the podcast of, you know, can guys and girls really truly just be friends? Um, You know, and uh, in this, in this scenario, I do get a little bit, you know, iffy. I understand that, that the best friend and this guy are saying that they're just friends, but you know, you're dating her, you were dating her best friend, you were in love with the best friend. I'm sure that they share a lot of similar qualities. And, and I just kind of am of of the mindset that that could potentially turn into something as well, you know, with given a little bit more time, how many times do people go from being friends to being in a relationship? Like, I do think that that happens. So I, I can understand the ex's discomfort, you know, or, or feeling some type of way about it. And I could, I could even understand, you know, feeling a little bit uncomfortable communicating that to your best friend, because you don't want to make her feel like, you know, you're being like, uh, weird with my ex, you know, you don't want to make her feel some type of way. And I do, I do understand the fact that this, you know, girlfriend, she, she doesn't want to dissolve a friendship. Like she wants everyone to just be happy, it seems. And it seems like she's going through a lot in her life with these breakups and her mental health. So, you know, I can understand her not wanting to, you know, ruin for this guy, their relationship and his, you know, close friendship with her best friend. It's, it's really a complicated situation on all fronts. Yeah, I just feel like in this triangle, we have so much that is not like, on solid ground you know like there's just a lot that's uncertain and and up in the air and I don't like that for them and I also get the sense that these these people don't hang out as a trio you know Mm -hmm. and I think it would be it would be easier if they had a you know three person dynamic of any sort but it really seems like they just partner off and you know be toxic that's what I was saying about if they were in the same geographical location, yeah. then everyone could have a better sense of how these dynamics actually play out. And you could 
obviously you wouldn't have the drama of long distance. So they would probably be in a relationship that would be solved. The best friends would be probably best friends. And then the um, guy and the uh, friend could be also friends all together. And it could be under, you know, the watchful eye of the girlfriend to Mm -hmm. be sure that she's not uncomfortable or that anything weird is happening or that sleepovers and, you know, hanging out for or like living together for weeks is not happening. Yeah. Yes. But sometimes, I mean, you can't just snap your fingers and be in the same location. Like, yeah, you know, this one was also um, a COVID story, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So there's also the added, uh, you know, he can't travel as much mobility issues, you know, potential COVID restrictions or just like self-imposed COVID restrictions, um, you know, which add just a a, a whole slew of issues. Yeah. At the very least a wrinkle, you know, in the story. For sure. Um, but I think like, you know, if we're giving advice to this guy, because he's the one that's asking for advice, he needs to go to his ex and like really have an in-depth conversation of, first of all, you know, is this a possibility at any point in the future? And second of all, like, I need you to be more communicative and repair your relationship with your best friend before I can proceed, you know, in any way, shape or form. All right. Well, I had fun. Me too. Um, that was a great time. So now we can head into our recommendations. So Eric, uh, if you want to give us your recommendations. Of course. Um, I can bear with a couple of recommendations. Um, I wanted to both offer a topical, timely, you know, relevant recommendation, as well as something a little bit more um, timeless or, or quintessential, something classic that I really stand behind. Um, so I will do... I took some notes as well. I'll talk about my um, long-term recommendation as well. And that is for a product, um, uh, rather a service called Whoop. Um, It's something I've spoken to some members uh, of of the podcast about already. Uh, The Whoop is a fitness tracker, um, you know, similar to a Fitbit or an Apple Watch. It's going to track, um, you know, your general uh, mobility and your sleep and that kind of stuff. Um, what makes the Whoop different and how it's really helped me, especially over the past year, has been its focus on elements like your respiratory rate and your heart rate variability, things that you know you would never think about on your own. Um, and you still don't have to think about with the Whoop because uh, its real value prop is that it analyzes all of this for you and makes it really easy to digest and just like a one out of 20 score of strain and recovery. Um, why am I bringing this up now? Well, even more so, uh, you know, with COVID, I think a lot of, a lot of people, a lot more people are focused on, you know, their general health and well-being, um, physical and otherwise, uh, and the whoop is just another, uh, metric or, you know, a piece of that, that puzzle, or, you know, at the very least can, can help provide some data. Um, so that's my long-term recommendation. I, um, you know, want to encourage you guys to check it out. Definitely hit me up for a referral code and, you know, we can both win. Um, <laughs> and then my, my current um, recommendation of the moment is to honor Aquarius season, uh, which we are now in, of which I am a, a member of. Proud member. Um, a proud member. Now, this is not something I, I you know, wholeheartedly subscribe to or anything, but, you know, during the days of February 19th or or excuse me, Jan 19 to February 19th or whatever it is, um, you know, I'll flex my uh, Aquarius traits a little bit more, um, is Alfred, the coffee shop in uh, Los Angeles, Austin, and Japan's eighth anniversary uh, Aquarius <laughs> matcha what? latte. Now, today was the first day I had this. Um, I was incredibly happily surprised 
by its proprietary dreamy blend, this is how they describe it, of premium house matcha with strawberry and vanilla orange infused oat milk, malty, including a malty cereal milk finish. Um, and without knowing that when I sampled it, I identified immediately almost that mm. it gave me Fruity Pebbles cereal milk vibes. Uh -huh. um, milk and sweetness, not modifiable. Um, that was a little bit troublesome to me as if this was my go-to drink for longer or for uh, more frequently than like once a week or once uh, an Aquarius season. <laughs> um, that would just not be doable. It was uh, a little bit too cereal milky yeah. um, for an everyday beverage, but that's still my recommendation. So if you're in Los Angeles, Austin, or I don't know, I should have looked where in Japan, um, maybe try it out. Wonderful. You know, it's actually funny that you're bringing up this Fruity Pebbles situation because Fruity Pebbles have been orbiting my friends lately. Like there was, a, there was a craving for it and then it was a journey to acquire it. And then everyone was like, why is this so good? And I personally know that for myself, cereal is something that I could eat a whole box of on my own and that I love cereal and that it feels like such a... Um, you know, like simple guilty pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely, it's, you know, to be honest, that will be added to my list of ultimate treat day items the next time mm -hmm. that we do an ultimate treat day. Because I would say that sugary cereals or cereals period are just typically not something that I would include in my daily um, intake, just mm -hmm. because it doesn't, doesn't feel like it's, um, giving me that much staying power. Like, I don't feel like it makes me that full. Um, and there's obviously just like a lot of preservative sugar, potentially bad things for me. So it's not a daily thing, but I know I'm, I'm tucking that one away for the next ultimate mm -hmm. treat day. That will definitely be on deck as, you know, just an in-between snack. It's my breakfast. It's my dessert. It's my everything. Definitely. Well said. Um, and Gigi, thank you for bringing up Ultimate Treat Day. There has been some delay um, in the uploading and production of our vlog of Ultimate Treat Day, but that should be coming out very soon. Um, if it's not already up, uh, there's a pretty good chance it will already be up on YouTube. So go check it out. Uh, our YouTube channel, Sophomore Citizens. And with that, we wanted to say thank you for listening to Sophomore Citizens, the podcast by young people for young people with new episodes every Monday. So we'll see you wise babies then. Be sure to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more all at Sophomore Citizens. And shoot us an email, sophomorecitizens at gmail.com. If you're looking for any love advice from us, we would love to answer. And be sure to leave a five-star review.